From, you know, my teenagers, it became my passion. Like, I need to get back to that school and make it a safe place for kids to learn. We're here for them to think about ideas. If you fail forward, that's fantastic. We're going to iterate that and see what we need to redo, and then it's going to ignite the school and the community. I always want my students to understand both perspectives. Um, be in the middle. Don't just listen to something and, and jump to conclusions right away. Do your research, do your homework, and listen. Opportunities for them are endless. Mm -hmm. And, and the, what they create affects the community. They will make sure we will never forget the good about what all of our cultures share together. Hey, you are listening to the What School Could Be in Hawaii podcast. Hey everybody, this is the What School Could Be on Hawaii podcast series. My name is Josh Rapoon, and today we're here at Halau Inana in Mo'ili'ili in Oahu. Um, it's August 24th, 2019, and we're with Janice Ochoa Blaber, who is the principal at Keaau Elementary on Hawaii Island. Mm -hmm. Janice, thank you for being with thank us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having all of us. This is very exciting to talk to you. Okay, so I was born and raised here in, um, in Oahu, um, Kalihi, Palama Settlement. My mother is from Western Samoa. My father is from Ecuador. Um, and they are, I'm going to see them after this. They live in Pearl City with my brothers cool. and sisters. Um, I went to public school from kindergarten up to sixth grade. And then I went to Our Lady of Good Counsel. And then St. Francis School, which is no longer. Yes, I know. Um, yeah. And then um, headed off to college in New York City. For a year and then I dropped out um, of college and then lived in New York City for about four years uh, working um, on the Upper East Side and 57th Street um, then came back home um, and decided to follow my dream and become a teacher. Cool. So Janice I'm, I'm super obsessed with a podcast series called How I Built This. Um, these are interviews by a guy named Guy Raz uh, with entrepreneurs and people who build things. Mm -hmm. It can be, it's not necessarily like a, an app or a piece of technology or a product or something. It can also be people who built amazing things like Teach for America, Wendy Cobb, mm -hmm. people like that. And one of the things that I hear as I listen to these podcasts um, over and over and over again, I hear people say, yeah, I was pretty bored in college. And so I left because I had other things on my mind or I had this project that I wanted to work on or this something that I wanted to build. So you talked about leaving college uh, in New York City. Can you tell us a little bit more about that moment and what was going on in your mind and your life at that point? I had a lot of anxiety. <laughs> um, I, I was fortunate enough to, to receive a four-year scholarship, a presidential scholarship, to go to Pace University ah. um, right in... Um, Right, um, right on the southeast eastern seaport, you know, yep. like the hub of um, Wall Street, pretty much. Right. Um, and there, there was just a lot of anxiety because my dream was to become a teacher. Um, and unfortunately, the like the viewpoints of teaching, especially back then, and, and hopefully now it's changing, thanks to, to people like you and to um, Dr. Kishimoto. Um, was like, if you're going to become a teacher, then why are you going off all the way to New York City to do that? You should be, mm -hmm. just stay home and, and go to the community college. Um, so that that pressure was on me. I thought, I, I think, I wrongly thought I didn't need to be, be using this scholarship. Um, and then I was also homesick, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so that anxiety of just... Um, um, 
of not being like, if I want to just be a teacher, then why am I so far away from home? Right. You know, and so I gave that up. And I think uh, many great things happened because of that. I went back home, but then I moved back to New York City again. <laughs> right. I moved back to New York City again and just explored, like managed some restaurants. I worked at Planet Hollywood. I bartended. But it was a really good experience for me. Like my high school days was really about performance. Right. You know, like get the get the letter A, read the books, show people you can do it. Um, and so the life that I had after my first year of college was just about just be wow. and explore, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the stuff I read in books, like I saw it in real life in New York City. Um, and it just like furthered my belief that I need to go back and teach. Mm-hmm. You know, my heart is is in education. Ultimately, did you go back to higher education? Um, I did. I did, actually. Uh, I met my husband um, and in on Oahu, I was bartending, um, and one of the like the the no de- the deal breaker was um, if we are going to get married, you need to go back to college. <laughs> that was his deal yeah, to you, or your deal. deal to him. That oh, was okay. his deal. Yeah, he okay. and and I thought, well, if I want to be a teacher, I'm going to have to go back to college. Right. Um, yeah. So we moved to Hawaii Island, mm-hmm. um, and I was working at the Four Seasons um, for four days a week, and I just crossed over the saddle every day to take classes at UH Hilo. Got it. Um, and then I got a long-term substitute teacher position as an English teacher at Kealakehe High School. Got it. And it was, mm-hmm. it was like the best years of my life at that high school. So this is so cool because I did not know this about you. Um, I didn't pick this up in the bio that you sent to me, mm-hmm. but um, your life experience uh, is very similar to mine. I, mm-hmm. I was a miserable student in high school here mm-hmm. on Oahu at Punahou School. Uh, cumulative GPA of 2.7. Um, and then I went off to college like everybody was supposed to do, and it was completely worthless for me. Mm. I played rugby, I drank a lot, um, <laughs> and ultimately I stopped and, and went to chef school in San Francisco, so I had a whole career as a chef, mm-hmm. and then as a hotel manager. And then when I finally went back to get my undergrad in 1990 at University of Iowa, wow, I was a motivated student mm. at that point. So it sounds like similar experience. You had a Gap years yes, quite experience, a few. <laughs> yeah, between the wonderful. beginning, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Janice, I um, dug deep into your Twitter feed last night. <laughs> you are a prodigious tweeter, um, and that's really cool because it really provides a lot of information. Twitter, it in, when it's used in mm-hmm. the way that I think it was originally intended, um, mm-hmm. it's an amazing resource for getting to know people, mm-hmm. yeah, albeit in snippets, but when you add all the snippets up, it can really reveal some interesting mm-hmm. things. So um, you talk a lot in your Twitter feed, you tweet a lot about deeper learning. Yes. So what is deeper learning to you? I know that this is a bit of a mystery concept to a lot of people who might be listening to this podcast and who are educators or who are interested in education. What's deeper learning? So I'm still trying to figure out what deeper learning is. Um, and uh, I will say that right now my current, I think, definition um, relates to, like, um, I was just introduced to this Blackfoot Nation teepee, um, and it's um, similar to, like, Maslow's Triangle. Um, and, you know, at Maslow's Triangle, hierarchy you have, of right, the hierarchy of, right, you have the very bottom base is, is the survival, right, the needs. Well, in the Blackfoot Nation... The, it's a teepee that reaches all the way up to heaven. And the, the first level or the first realm is individual um, actualization, self-actualization. That's the first level. Now, in Maslow's, that's the top level. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And then the second level is community actualization. Everything in the community depends on the person, the self-actualization person's ability to understand that they can do anything, that, they, that there's, there's no such thing as hope is only for the other person, that there is a lot of hope and empowerment based on the individual. And then the top part of the TP is community perpetuity, which is um, the best parts of our culture are never forgotten. Mm, right. And they're always preserved and makes everything better. So I was thinking about deeper learning. That is what deeper learning is. Wow. Deeper learning is, for me right now and for what I'm seeing, just in the mo'olelo that people are telling and, and in the school when I see our students and the teachers learning, it's the, the given is you're going to be well-fed. You're going to have free lunch. You're going to have free school supplies. All of that's the given. What we have to also make sure is a given for each and every one of our students is they need to know when they walk into the door, when they get on, on the school bus, when they leave us, that opportunities for them are endless. Mm -hmm. And, and the, what they create affects the community. And, and, and we'll, like when we talk about society and talk about the best practices and what we should never forget, they will make sure we will never forget the good about what all of our cultures share together. Right. And so how do you do that? Right? And one That's of the, the things, question. right, one of the right. one of the ways is 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 hands-on learning. N never mind saving the learning for read and write because later on in a, in a few years when you graduate you're going to do this. That the learning is right now like um Kuka Hakalau, the pedagogy of Aloha, right? She had said she says continues to say that we teach them how to read and write. What's missing is the kuleana part. So what are they going to do with that? Kuleana meaning? Meaning the responsibility. So what is that responsibility that they have right now um, to make sure that their learning is deep, that they affect the community? That's what pono is, too. Pono is not a, just about justice. Mm -hmm. It's about the understanding that what I do and what you do has to be in balance. Right. right. Everything affects something else. And in this cycle of balance, not just people, but the animals, the aina, everything around us is in balance. Um, and so so how do you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So, OK, so I'm thinking about about the inversion of Maslow. Right. Mm. And that this is like uh, this is very cool because I've never thought of it this mm. way. Um, and I've thought a lot about deeper learning, but I, I've not confronted it quite in this way. Confronting is not the right word. Mm -hmm. Seen it in mm -hmm. this way. Mm -hmm. So you start with actualization and then community actualization. Mm -hmm. And then, so what do you do in terms of your student body and you're an elementary school principal to, to help make possible that your students are coming to school in that state? that they're on their way to actualization and then working their way towards community actualization and not just trying to survive. How do you, how do you, what, what are you doing at Kia'au on Hawaii Island to, to get to that? I hope we're doing the right things. I think that we are um, definitely listening, you know, listening to the students, listening to the teachers and um, making sure Everyone knows and understands that I do not have the answers. Yeah. Right. That that um, when we come together and we have to really listen, it's hard to listen to people <laughs> because you we always want to just solve the problem right away. Absolutely, it's um, hard. And yeah. so, I think the number one thing is definitely um, opening up the ears and talking less 
And then, well, when, you, when you're talking more, I think you hit upon that. Like, we have to ask questions just to dig deeper up to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, we are, because we're overachievers, we just want to help solve the problem right away, and then we create more problems. So there has been, over the like past two years, um, I think I've been doing a lot of listening, and teachers are listening more and asking more questions about what needs to be done to do that so that we are a place where everyone who comes already knows the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet, but we're going to get there. I think that I think that the traditional view of principles is not one of the listener. That wouldn't be the mm-hmm. top quality. It would be more, if I said the word principle, you might say person who delivers the rules or the mandates or the edicts uh, mm-hmm. around which the school operates. But you're describing something very different. You're talking about somebody who's being very empathetic. And I'm not sure that that's traditionally the way that we've seen principles. Do you, do you, are you experiencing that now? I, I can say that I, I've realized, and this is my third year serving as principal, that I was not as empathetic as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, and so uh, I'm realizing more that, that I need to ask more questions, yeah. that I really need to listen more. Um, and I think that's how I came to this understanding because of all the mistakes I made along the way. Like mm-hmm. you realize, well, okay, like I shouldn't have done that. And the reason why I did that was because um, I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't inquire more. Um, and I need to be a model of that, you know, and teachers need to be a model of that for, for, for our, our haumana. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if kids leave school, and I, it was in the George Kuros, uh book that I was reading on the plane, but like if the kids leave school less curious than when they, they came with us, like we're not doing our job, you know, and that's curiosity is, is like number one. Right, right. right. I think I think anybody who would follow your Twitter feed would know that Janice is a reader. You mm-hmm. read a lot and you tweet a lot about what you're reading, so that's mm-hmm. very cool. Hey, gang, stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Janice Blaber of Keahau Elementary more about deeper learning and about where she goes to find examples mm-hmm. of deeper learning. Stay with us. We'll be right back. By now, you should be feeling pretty inspired by this podcast and maybe even wondering what steps you might take to become more innovative in your own practice. The Schools of the Future Conference taking place October 2nd through 4th is the perfect place to connect with and be inspired by education innovators like the ones featured in this podcast. Now in its 11th year, the conference is innovative by design and is co-produced by the Hawaii Department of Education, the Hawaii Association of Independent Schools, Pillars of Peace at the Hawaii Community Foundation, and the Hawaii Society for Technology and Education. To learn more about the Schools of the Future Conference and to register, visit www.sotfconf.com. Dot org. Registration will remain open throughout the three-day conference. Hope to see you there. Hi, we're back with Hi. Janice Blaber, the principal at Kia'au Elementary. Janice, um, continuing on this conversation about deeper learning, if you were to direct one of your faculty or, or a fellow education leader to go somewhere to see great examples of deeper learning outside of Hawaii, where would you send them to? 
We were fortunate to go to many schools so far. Um, one school um, that I'm fortunate to to be a part of the community, Kealake High School. Right. Um, the STEM um, the STEM Academy that they have there yeah. with Justin Brown and the teachers he's inspired. And he's I, amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. And he's um, like the teachers, like, let me tell you, the teachers that we've met on our journey have given me so much inspiration. So that school, definitely. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to go to um, Kahakai Elementary School. We visited the fifth grade team there with Jerry Anna Oki Davidson, Bill Chen. Just their passion right. and and um, their, their willingness to do anything that they can uh, when it comes to equity and, and about love for kids, you know, and, and just how they're, when you come, you talk about school design, they showed my teachers, you know, they let my teachers know, like, this is possible at every school, right. you know, and it's one thing to hear an administrator say, yeah, you can do this, you can do this. But it, it's another thing when teachers who are actually in the classroom with like 30 kids every single day saying, no, you can do this. And here's how, right. That's, that's a bigger motivation than any administrator. Could so get. it sounds like part of your message is go to other islands in Hawaii. You're going to find amazing things. If you go to Waimea yes. Canyon middle, you're going to we find 20% there. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you go to Molokai high, you're mm-hmm. going to see in a micro innovation emerging mm-hmm. across campus. Um, I understand uh, through your Twitter feed that you uh, went to Deeper Learning in San Diego, the Deeper Learning Conference yes, 2019. Did. What was that like? That was fantastic. Um, I would recommend everybody going there. Um, it, it was, it was, you know, um, I think it was also put, like partnership with Stanford D School. Yes, um, mm-hmm. there were. I would think thousands, maybe two or three thousand educators were there. We brought a team of about eight teachers came along. Wow. Um, and so it sounds like it was really fantastic. Uh, we were able to just have conversations similar to this here with um, authors of books, administrators of school, students who are doing the work. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and their take and their definition on what deeper learning is and the kind of work that they're doing in schools. Right. Very mm-hmm. cool. Um, I think you also may have experienced Ted Dintersmith's keynote at this um, Deeper Learning, yes. right? Yes, I did. Since I didn't get to hear it, what did he talk about? Do you remember? He did. He he talked. Yes, I think I do remember. He spoke a, a lot about uh, being brave, right, um, mm-hmm. and and disruption, um, and then he reminded us that our present day is the future that we talked about maybe a hundred years ago. It's happening right now. Right. And so, what are we doing right now? to um, prepare the kids for right now, prepare our communities for right now. Right. And, and really um, just inspired us to um, get, like, do get it. Get started. <laughs> we got to do just it now. Get, do it, yeah. yeah. We can't delay on this yeah, because the, the future, as Tom Friedman describes it, the age of acceleration is upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, so you recently retweeted a, a Herman Hess quote um, about busyness. And I just, oh, I thought it would be fun to bring this up because the, the quote is about how busyness undermines joy. And mm-hmm. Janice, you are one busy person. If your Twitter feed tells us anything, you're the busiest bee on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you balance your innate curiosity and desire to do this and read this and know this and be involved in this with, um, you know, the sense of joy that comes when you dial back from that busyness and take time? I, I think I spent a lot of time this week in, in professional learning communities with my teachers um, and learning about them and learning how I can support them. 
Um, and then just moving into the classrooms and, and like doing a hip hop class with fifth graders. Um, that, that must have been a yeah, blast. Yeah, that was a blast. It gives me joy. It's you know I was talking to one my PE teacher on Tuesday um, in the hallway before school, and off. So we're standing by where the buses are unloading. Um, and one of the kids comes off and says, Mr. Edetta, Mr. Edetta, so I got my shoes for PE. What time is PE? Um, and so he was like, I'm not sure, because he's not sure, you know, he's running all these PE classes. Um, and he says, I'll see you. And then, so we continue our conversation. And then another student comes off the bus and pulls on my sweater and shows me a bag. And it says STEM project. He goes, Miss Playboy, I almost forgot my, my materials on the bus, but I got it. I'm so ready for the project. And so how do I balance that? Yeah. With, with stories like that. Yeah, right. I totally understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, shifting gears a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, you tweeted about hashtag attendance matters. That's my hashtag, not yours. Yeah. Um, this is a hard, is. hard subject. It's a gnarly subject. Mm-hmm. And I've often said in my most likely to succeed in what school could be work here in Hawaii, that I'm trying every single day not to be stupid and naive, and, and that, that I, I am public school proud, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I love being able to affirm what's happening in terms of bright stars across mm-hmm. our state, but we have some really hard issues to deal with. So is, is there any kind of a recipe or secret sauce for attendance and for bringing attendance up in your mind? I, if there is, I don't know it, <laughs> but, but I, I can let, I mean, our story right now, our chronic attendance is pretty high. It's in the 20s. Um, uh, we serve a community. I, I serve the Puna community, our students. So when you think about the Puna community, it's quite different from like Kona or Hawaii yeah. Kai, right? Right. Um, and you think about, so our students, when they catch the bus, a lot of times, the bus stop, they have to walk, not on a paved road, you know, and in Keaau, it rains. In Puna, it rains all the time. So so I, it may sound like I'm making excuses, but what I'm saying is the infrastructure when it comes to supporting students to get to school really needs to be fixed. Right. Um, and um, there's a lot of poverty, and um, which is not an excuse, but it, it is a reason why the deeper learning and the project-based learning is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have to, so I want, I tell kids to come to school, come to school. I tell the parents, you got to bring them to school. And then uh, my kuleana is, well, what is going to happen at school that's going to make them want to come? Right. You know, and so like that story about the, Mrs. Glaber, I got my, my, my STEM project. Yeah. Like they're excited to come to school. And so I know that as a, as a person who works in the community, um, as mm-hmm. a mom, as an educator, um, we all need to work together. You know, like outside of the school, there needs to be infrastructure, roads, paved roads that are better for our students to get on the bus, to come to school. Just the social um, supports for families that are really struggling in the community right. to help them to, to be um, just more aware of the importance of attendance or and, and maybe they are aware but it's they, they're still struggling mm-hmm. struggling to get to school wow so so in a way what you're saying is really it, what you're what you're delivering is a sort of clarion call to public officials yes. to our politicians to our business community um, what you're letting them know is that you're doing your part to make school engaging and to get kids excited about coming to school, what they have to do is to build out the infrastructure so that the kids can actually do that. Yes. It shouldn't be, they sh- the kids shouldn't have to be that determined and that resilient that they have to fight to get to school. Right. They should be able to get yes. to school. Wow. 
Um, so um, I want to dig a little bit deeper into um, school design. Mm -hmm. So as we know, um, anybody who's paying attention to public school in Hawaii right now, and this is for all you listeners out there who might be looking at us or listening to us uh, who are out there in the mainland uh, or the, the other 49 states or the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. What Hawaii is working on in its public schools is basically three pillars, if you will. One is school design, mm -hmm. the other is teacher collaboration, and another is student voice. Um, so I want to dig a little bit into how deeper learning and school design play out for you day to day mm -hmm. at Kea Elementary. What are the things specifically that you're working on that touch on all three of those? Um, and how are you moving your school community forward in the context of those three? Sure. Um, it would appear that an initiative that started by me was, was project-based learning or deeper learning, um, but it wasn't. Um, I think uh, we opened up, uh, our school opened up more professional development opportunities for teachers, and there was an invitation. You know, if you would like to do this, come on down. So. Um, when, when I first got to the school, I know I wanted to learn more about our teachers, and so I started like, we want to get together and do this action research on project-based learning. And then a couple of, we had about six or seven teachers come, um, and I was not a good facilitator of, of that action research group, and I think it was because, well, I was still learning how to be a principal, right? right? Mm -hmm. um, and, but what stemmed from, what, what, what the out, one of the outcomes was a couple of teachers um, just led the charge on PBL project-based learning. Um, and so they went to Kupuho Academy, right. um, and then some went to PBL Works. Kupuho so Academy is a project-based learning, inquiry-based learning, uh, professional development academy that comes out of Mid-Pacific Institute here on Oahu. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and so, and that was two years ago. Um, and that was all, like, teachers. Teachers did that. We, you know, you, we just say, here's the, here is what, the opportunity is and teachers' positive peer pressure. Um, and so from, from two years ago, I, I can say um, all but eight of our teachers are project-based learning. We have about 60 teachers. Wow. And it, was, and it wasn't because Janice said, you got to go. It was because other teachers were saying, yeah. this is some really good stuff. This is, And when we talk about cultural per perpetuity, right, about yeah. like the best practices of culture, mm -hmm. project-based learning was, is nothing new. You know, this, no, that, that is a roots. best practice yeah. of learning, yes. you know, and so this is why it, it's aligned so well with that, that, that TP structure. So, so that is an initiative that actually teachers brought forth. Um, restorative practices was another um, initiative or um, what we are doing at our school that teachers also, um, mm -hmm. a counselor and a couple of teachers looked at who we are as a school community, um, looked at um, our Puna community. And, and had decided this is a shift that we, in our mind, a uh, shift in the way that we look at discipline and look at, you know, right. when you think of the pu'uhonua oho nao nao, right? Um, back in the day about when there was a crime, you went to this place to seek forgiveness. Right. And then you sought out how, how am I going to also help heal the community? Those right. are restorative practices. Yeah. And so that's, that's something that we are learning more about and hoping to, you know, have a deeper learning when it comes to forgiveness mm -hmm. and discipline. You know, um, Ted and I have, Ted's been back to Hawaii 12 times mm -hmm. since he first came to this state in May of 2016. And, and it's so interesting what you're saying, because one of the things that we found as I've taken him to every corner of every island is that there seem to be sort of two things that we observe. One is communities where the initiative comes from the principal. And 
sometimes it doesn't survive because the principle isn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the community is not bought into it. And then there's another thing that we see, which is what you're describing, which is the torch is actually being carried by the faculty, by the community. Yeah. And if the principle, for some reason, doesn't stay or happens mm-hmm. to go somewhere else, the thing just keeps right on going. We found that at Pomaika'i um, Elementary on Maui. We were astonished mm-hmm. at what we were seeing there. But really what the faculty was doing was building sort of a, a principle-proof shared leadership model so that no matter who came and went, yes. the thing was going to move forward. So that's that's super exciting. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, stay with us. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back with Janice Blaber to talk about uh, most likely to succeed in what school could be and the innovation playlist. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Within a generation of 25 years, Kamehameha Schools sees a thriving Lahui where our learners achieve post-secondary and educational success. To this end, Kamehameha Schools is proud to share Halau Inana Makapa'akea, an innovation and collaboration space where Native Hawaiian learners converge as a new generation of OEV leaders, innovators, indigipreneurs, and entrepreneurs. The Halau will host and curate various programs, events, and activities that foster OEV leadership development, creative thinking, and problem-solving, innovation, prototyping, and incubation. Hey everybody, we're back. We're with Janice Blaber, the principal at Keao Elementary on Hawaii Island. Janice, this has been an awesome conversation. We're kind of in the, the final segment of this particular episode. I want to talk about um, Most Likely to Succeed, the film that was produced by Ted Dindersmith and directed by Greg Whiteley. Do you remember the first time that you saw the film? I do. I remember. I remember seeing clips at home or on my computer, and then I thought I went to... I was at Kealakehe Elementary School as a vice principal, um, and then I remember going, trying to figure out how to bring the film to my school, and then our PCNC... Um, What's a PCNC? Our, our parent community networking person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, good enough. Good enough. Um, Pohai, Auntie Pohai, she, I had spoken to her about it and then she miraculously like figured out how to bring it. She, she, um, she partnered with Kealakehe Intermediate School and I think Matthew Williams was still there and we showed it at our school. We brought it to Kealakehe Elementary School and I, mm-hmm. we were sitting in that cafeteria and I watched that and Daryl Galera was there. So Daryl yes. Galera actually helped to bring it. That's that's who So the it turns key out Daryl is actually a key <laughs> figure most likely because yes. at the time Daryl was on the board and I think he was the executive director of the Education Institute of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And the institute bought a package uh, because Ted had decided to do a community screening model rather mm-hmm. than Netflix. Um, and EIH bought the package, and then they screened it across the state. And Daryl was really the yes. principal guy who took it out there. Right. So was this for the whole community or just for the school community? It was for everybody. Everybody. Um, not as many people attended as we would have liked, but there were some key people in there um, mm-hmm. um, who attended, and like me. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, it was such an inspiration, you know, and to have Daryl there, who was a former principal, who understood already the infrastructure of the DOE and what we were working on. This was before Dr. Kishimoto came on board. Right. Um, and so, yeah. like, just, like, all the light bulbs in the room were like, okay, this can happen. Like, mm-hmm. Daryl is saying it, it can happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you did, know? Did you find that some of the people in the audience sort of resonated with what they were seeing on screen with High Tech High but, pro- but couldn't imagine that Grand Canyon yes. leap? Yes. What, what was that like to know that? Um, like one of our teachers, one of our elementary school teachers had said um, that after the film when we had our talk story that she remembers 
that when she first started teaching, that that's how it was almost going to be, you know? And then all of a sudden, things change with mandated curricula, um, with just mandates about it needs to be done this way and standardized tests. And and she she wasn't sure if she could be hopeful, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, wow. about like, if that can happen, maybe that's only in California at a charter school. Right. Um, but with Daryl Galera there saying it can be done. And then I was like, shoots, we can do this. Right. Um, it's easy to say though, but it's really hard to, yeah. hard to do. You have to do it in teams. I think like you have bring a network of people together to right. share the story, right. share like the mishaps and the pitfalls and also the, the bright spots to keep you going. Cause, cause if it can happen in one place and, and it's happened before. Yes. Right. Yeah, it has. So we need to keep going. So a, a few years later, um, Ted, after his 50 state tour mm-hmm. wrote his own book, um, not, he, he co-wrote most likely to succeed the book, mm-hmm. which came out after the film with Tony Wagner, but then he wrote his own book, what school could be, which is what inspired this podcast series. Do you remember getting the book and do you remember what it was like reading that? I do remember getting the book. I think I was at a, the Schools of the Future conference. Yes. He signed my book. Thank you. Um, and I do remember <laughs> reading it and, and just being more affirmed that this was the right thing to do, um, not just for schools, but for the world. You know, right. like this is, this is what is the right thing to do because as, as the, my colleagues have said before me, like learning happens everywhere, not mm-hmm. in one place. And if we limit it to one place, that's not learning. That's right. That's just not learning. So, so we've come down to the end of our time today. Wow, this has gone by fast, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Yes, it has. It's crazy. <laughs> so um, I'd like to ask every guest who's on this podcast series the same question around what school could be, but with you, I'm going to do it slightly differently, okay. slight variation. <laughs> so let's, let's imagine that you are Ted and that you're sitting at his MacBook Air mm. um, writing the second edition of the book, What School Could Be. And this time, the Hawaii chapter actually has a segment in it about Keaau Elementary and its principal, Janice Blaber. What would you want those words to say to people now that they're going to be in the Hawaii chapter, along with what's already there about Mid-Pacific, about Waipahu, about Kanehunamoku Voyaging Academy? What would you want Ted to be writing about when he writes that section about Keaau? Wow. I know, crazy question, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, well, um, our, vi- our school's vision is, is Ke'ala Elementary School is the heart of a vibrant community. Mm. And so I would like it to be said that um, the humans at Ke'ala, you have to believe in them mm. and you have to offer as much opportunity as possible. Right. And uh, I think that's the essence of learning and the essence of education is believe in the human. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't believe in the program. Don't believe in, in the mandated this or that, but believe in the human. Right. And then miracles will happen. Education is a profoundly human yes. and humanist experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what you would want people to say about what's happening in your community. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a great way to end this particular episode. Janice Flavor, Keaau Elementary Principal, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you. Coming up on the What School Could Be in Hawaii podcast, Melissa Speechins. Find the What School Could Be in Hawaii podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, as well as at MLTSinHawaii.com.
www.thepeopleshow.com. Join the ongoing conversation across social media. Look for Most Likely to Succeed in Hawaii on Facebook and MLTS in Hawaii on Instagram and Twitter. A video of each conversation is broadcast via Facebook Live and also made available on YouTube. We want to hear from you. Send your comments, questions, and feedback to feedback at mltsinhawaii.com. Your host is Josh Rapoon. Our technical producer is Ryan Ozawa. Post-production is by Hawk Media Productions, the digital media program at Kealakehe Intermediate School. Editors for this episode are Aiden Skitta, AJ Rosario, and me, May Kanata, under the guidance of Matthew Williams. Learn more at hawkmediaproductions.com. And special thanks to Ted Dintersmith, author and education change agent. Off to your next epic project. Class dismissed. Mm-hmm.